Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Heavenly Father, as we bow before you, your presence is so tangible and we don't deserve it, but we are so grateful for it. Lord, receive these praises and this worship because we really desire to bring you the glory for you are so worthy of it. Thank you, Father, for your Son, Jesus Christ, that our names are forever written in your Lamb's book of life. We don't have to fear, nor do we have to worry about this. And it's with boldness that we declare that it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And we give it over to you, Father, and pray that your Spirit will now move and speak and do what it is that you like to do. We surrender ourselves before you. Humbly, we bowing before you. We raising our hands unto you. And we say, thank you, Father, for you fight the battle for us. In Jesus' name, we pray this. And we all agree. And we say, Amen. Amen. Let's give God an offering, a praise offering. Thank you. Thank you, Marie. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. It is wonderful to be in the house of God once again. And God speaks through His Word in every season. In every season, God speaks. And if you open your heart tonight, I promise you, you will not leave your empty-handed. Because God has got something for you. Not because I say so. Not because I can do anything. Because after all, it is only God's Word who, that has the ability to transform lives. So I want to start and I just want to read a portion of Scripture. You don't have to turn there because that's not the foundational text for tonight. I just want to read the Scripture as an introduction for tonight. And it's found in the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 14. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call to God in Christ Jesus. Paul speaks here specifically that for us who are saved, there is a price. It is not the upward call. The upward call is what we do because of the call of God upon our life that came when we are saved. We respond through salvation, for we are transformed daily. We have the mind of Christ. We crucify the flesh. We imitate Christ. We live this daily. But there's a price because of this salvation. And how wonderful is God's word here because God established salvation through Jesus Christ. And because we believe in that salvation, God now says, because we believe there is a price for you. We did nothing for salvation. All we have to do is to believe. And then God says, but because you believe, I'm also giving you a price. There is a reward waiting for us. Paul refers to one of these rewards as the crown of righteousness that awaits us. To think, brother and sister, son and daughter, child of God, friend, that God has got a price ready for us if we continue this race that awaits all of us. How wonderful is God's word, isn't that? That God gives this to us. You know, it is said that when we read the Bible... We read it in hindsight, we live it in plain sight, and we preach it in foresight. 
You know, when we look at the Word of God and we read the Word of God, we sometimes forget we are not in the shoes of those who have walked the road. We've got the benefit of hindsight. We can see the mistakes that they have made and how they have learned. And it stops us from repeating those mistakes. That is living it in hindsight. When we read the Word, it's in hindsight. These things have already happened. And we are guided by God's Holy Spirit to be led by this, to be changed by this, and not to repeat the same mistakes. So that now we live, we live Christ, and we live the Bible in plain sight. Now, today, you and I, we live the Word of God because of what was written thousands of years ago from the experiences of men, many, many men and women thousands of years ago. But now we look forward to what is coming our way. There is no book in this world, not Nostradamus, not any rabbi, not any religious believer that can tell us what happened except it is what God has said. And this is it. We preach the Bible in foresight. Although it was spoken thousands of years ago, we know what is coming and what is on its way. And we look forward to that because we know that there will come a day that everything of this will change. And in the blinking of an eye, will we be transformed and we will be different and we will have a resurrected body. It will be a glorified body just as our Christ Jesus Jesus had. How wonderful is that to know? You must know that and you must believe it for today because it is still applicable today. No matter what this world is saying and what is doing, and we'll get to that in a while. But I want to go to the foundational text for tonight and we will read out of the book of Matthew chapter 27 and we're going to go to verse 50. And in this particular portion of scripture is found in all the other gospels in different ways. And it's a beauty. You know, people sometimes say, but yes, the, the, the gospels contradict one another. There's not one thing that contradicts itself in the word of God. If you take everything in the four gospels and you put them all together, you've got the most beautiful picture of where our Messiah is. There's no contradiction. They just fill in all the gaps. They color it in for us. The master painter has got all the paints and he's coloring it in for us so that we can get the global, the big and the amazing picture of where our Lord Jesus Christ is. So let's read together out of the book of Matthew chapter 27. And there we're going to read from verse 50. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and he yielded up his spirit. And then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks were split and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Verse 54. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. This was the Son of God. I've heard a shocking thing said when I read something in the week, that how tragic was it what happened on the cross? And I thought, what nonsense. The, the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ is not a tragedy. It is victory. Amen. It is absolute victory. There's nothing tragic about what had happened. Amen. It's victory for us because we live with the foresight and with the hope that our lives will forever be changed and that there is a reward awaiting for us. 
There's nothing tragic about that. Truly, that scripture comes to mind where it says, the message of the cross is foolishness for those who are perishing. But for those, us, you and me, who are being saved, it is the power of God. But you only get that when you are saved. You only get that when you are saved. There was a moment that happened with the centurion. It's about the centurion tonight. Because it says in the word of God that when he saw all the things happening around him, he knew that this was the Son of God. To what great lengths that our God had to go to bring this centurion to that revelation. Our God will spare nothing to get the lost in. Think about this man, a Roman centurion, eight hours prior to what had happened, he was on his way to Pilate, seven o'clock that morning. Another day at the office, another executions awaiting. It was his job to oversee criminals being executed. And that is what he was on his way to do. Eight hours later, his life is forever changed. Eight hours later, what did God have to do to change this man from changing? You know, this was a Roman. As far as they concerned, the closest representation of God was Caesar. He hadn't heard of Jesus Christ or the gospel. Here he stands and these three criminals on the cross. And he realized after everything that had happened, there was something different about this one man. I do not know him, but things have changed. You see, God had to bring an earthquake. And then there came the rocks that were split. The graves were opened. And the saints went into Jerusalem three days later. And this Roman centurion realized everything that had happened is related to that man on the cross. I can no longer deny it that Caesar is not a God. This is the Son of God, because these things that have happened came not by the hand of man, and forever he is changed. There came a moment in the day of the life for that centurion that everything changed for him. Everything in his life changed. And you are sitting here, all of you, including me, there came a moment in our lives when it all changed. When was that moment that you came to that truth that you could no longer run from, realizing this is far beyond my comprehension, that truly there is a God, that Jesus Christ is exactly what the Word of God says that He is, that He died for me, and I will never be the same because of what He's done. That was the moment. Can you recall that moment? Because you must remember that moment forever. It must be sunk in your spirit because that is the day that you realized everything changed. And when you look at where you are right now, looking back from where you were, what grace was poured out upon you to bring you to this point. Always reflect back at that moment. You know, the world loves moments. The world is full of moments. There was a moment when the first man set his feet on the planet Mars. There was a moment when there was the first car that was presented. Man could drive on wheels now. But there's no more powerful account of moments found in this book, this holy scriptures. I think of the Ethiopian eunuch. 
on his way, reading from the scroll of Isaiah, and he had no idea what was in there, and God sends him Philip. And it was not long after that, that he had his moment and he was baptized. I think of Paul on his way to Damascus. He, causing great fear among the Christian world, and God takes this man and he says, right, Paul, you sent the people out of Jerusalem. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wake you up and I'm going to send you after those people to preach him who you've been persecuting. There was a moment in your life when everything changed. And it was a powerful moment because you are so important to God that God stopped everything and your eyes opened and everything changed for you. But there was a time in your life that you weren't following Jesus. Can you remember that? I remember when I went to Bible school in our first year, in the side all there, the lecturer asked all the first year students, please tell us in two minutes, what is your testimony of your salvation? And the one testimony came after the other. And I, my, my mouth literally opened from surprise, from the amazement of what our God does. People were talking about they almost died in a car accident and they were saved from that. People were drug addicts and the Lord pulled them out of that. People were given a death sentence and in their bodies they were healed. And I feared, please don't ask me because I saw my testimony so pale in comparison to theirs. I had no such great happenings in my life when I was saved. And I walked out there and I thought, God, I have to have a story. My story has to have significance. What is it that you've done for me that I can't see? Because these stories are so great. And the Lord made it very clear to me. Your testimony has got no relevance or significance in the eyes of man. Because what did they do to save you? It was my work. And in my eyes, it is significant. And it is great because I came and I stopped you. And so it is for you, precious child of God. I want you to know that when that moment came in your life, when things changed as it was for the centurion, when you could not help yourself but confess that Jesus Christ is really Lord of my life, remember it for the rest of your life because everything that you build on from there takes you back to that moment. Everything that you build on. And where you are right now, can you be like this in Turin, because let's, let's color the picture in a little bit here. There was an earthquake that took place here, an earthquake. Reading up about in, in the history, they say that earthquake was so heavy that Jerusalem, the town itself, the city felt it, that it went beyond the city of Jerusalem. There was an earthquake. Rocks were split. Listen, rocks were just falling over because of the earthquake. Rocks split. That is the power of what was happening. Was this Roman centurion shaken? Because by all accounts, that which was happening in the natural would make many of us run because everything shook. But he stood at the cross and he looked at all of this and he realized what is happening here. This man who is on this cross, him whom I agreed to a few hours ago, I was joking and torturing him and I was agreeing with all my soldiers that was with me because he oversaw a garrison of a hundred men. Everything changed for him when he saw all these things happening around him. But what was he to do with this? Now that he knew that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, what was he going to do with this? 
How was his life going to change? Are you shaken of what is happening in the world at the moment? Because the Word of God tells us what is happening. And there's more shakings coming. That is a guarantee. There are shakings coming in the natural because the devil is very angry about what the body of Christ is doing. We may be few in numbers, but we are praying and we are stirring up the demonic realm because they hate what we are doing because of the power of Christ. We still come against Him and the dark forces and we still fight Him because we know who our God is because we remember the moment that things changed for us and we will never stop with that. And we say with Christ in us, the battle is on and we will not retreat and we will not stop because we will taste the victory. We are waiting for the prize and we will not stop until the prize is ours. That reward that is ours. This world is shaken. It's wave upon wave upon wave of all the evil things. I think people are so overcome what is happening in this world. They cannot find themselves in any manner of reason or logic what is lying ahead. I mean, just looking at this war, they're talking about a war. And I must say, these things, is, they are so frustrating because when you look at God's Word and they're talking about wars, they are talking about the war that is happening at the moment, but there are so many wars that they are not telling us about. There are not just military wars going on. There are economic wars going on. There are political wars going on. There are health wars going on. People are sick. And you know what? To get healed today, you've got to pray the price to the highest bidder because there's a price to get healed. Well, our price for healing came through the wounds of Jesus Christ and He still stands today. And I don't have to pay anything for that. Are you shaken of what is happening in this world? Because the moment that your life changed, our God wants to use to encourage others, to lift up others. This is why in the hour that we are in, the church and the church alone has been called to be the light unto the world. God always needed a vehicle through whom He can work, and that is the body of Christ. How sad it must be that our God, holy and righteous and pure, had to put all His trust and faith in humankind because mankind on this planet don't want to believe God, but they will rather believe another man and another woman who speaks the same things which are God's anyway. And God is looking at you and me because there are many out there but God will not stop. He had to go through great lengths to bring this centurion to the place that he would say, but this is the Son of God. And I actually want to read out of the book of Mark, the same portion of Scripture. I like how Mark puts it in his gospel in Mark 15, verse 38. It says there, Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now 39. So when the centurion who stood opposite him, our Lord Jesus. He saw that he cried out like this, and he breathed his last. And the centurion said, truly, this man was the Son of God. This is a personal account, a personal account of someone who saw all of this. How many of you are presently going through hardships because of the shakings of the world? I want to say to you, child of God, please don't quit. 
Don't give up. You've got so much going for you. When that moment of difficulty comes, think back of that moment where your life changed because that is proof to you of how far God took you from there to bring you to here. You are so close to your breakthrough. You are a miracle away from a breakthrough for your life. And now is not the time to give up because in all of this, of how this world is building up at the moment, for me, I totally believe it. It is the greatest opportunity that we have for miracles to come because what happens when it becomes difficult for people. They go on their knees and they cry out to God. They seek Him who they do not know and the moment will come like the centurion where they will say, but really there's only one God. This is the Son of God. So there's a great opportunity beckoning all of us and we must position ourselves to be ready for this. There are many souls that must come in, but before that must happen, we must pray for those souls to come in because it is coming. Great miracles are coming. God is preparing the table for us. And if you take your eyes off the world, you will see what God is preparing for us. And we will see them. They will come in here in the doors. They will go to the churches because they will know everything else that I have tried have failed. And the only place is still there at the cross that we will say like the centurion, truly, this is the Son of God, the only one who brings salvation. The only one. Amen. No, there was this Philippian jailer. When Paul and Silas were in prison and they were singing and they were praying when they were in prison. And he was asleep. And then an earthquake came. And an earthquake will wake any person up. And the next thing he sees, all the prisoners are free. What was his first thought? I'm in trouble. I'm going to fall into my own sword. I'm going to commit suicide. That is the offer that Satan presents to all of us at one point in time. Suicide, giving up, quitting, don't following the Lord, you know, blame God for something. He always offers this as an option and as a suggestion. But Paul and Silas who were prayed up, they gave him the godly way out. And I want to say to you, precious child of God, there is always a godly way out. If you keep your eyes upon God, if you stay the course, if you don't quit, if you believe what God's Word says that it is, then there will always come a breakthrough for you. There's one miracle that is awaiting you. You are one miracle away for that to happen to you. Hold on, stay the course, believe it, declare it in Jesus Christ's name because this is God's will for you. That there will come a moment in time where everything change for you. I want you to just imagine this. Let's color in the picture a little bit more concerning this Roman um, centurion. So now at three o'clock, our Lord Jesus, he died. He had to go home. Knowing everything that happened to him, he witnessed the only God, his son, died on the cross. Who was he going to tell now? He may have been married. He had friends. He was not the only witness because at least four other Roman soldiers were there. They were there. They were, they were throwing dice and casting um, lots for the, the garment of our Lord Jesus Christ. So at least we know there's another four of the Gentile nation that were present there. What would he do? And then two days later, Something happened because there was a major uproar in Jerusalem because after our Lord Jesus rose from the dead 
many of those saints came into Jerusalem and I think there were shocks. I think there was a wave of shocks happening in the, in, in, in the city of Jerusalem because those saints came and they testified. And if you think about this, if you have died and God raised you from the dead, who would you go to first to tell of what the Lord done to you? It will be pointless for me to go to the petrol attendant at the garage because he doesn't know me. He may believe me or he may think that there's something wrong with me. But if I go to my family who were there at my funeral and I appear to them suddenly, there will be a great shaking and a great happening amongst them. And the, and the Word of God says that there were many of them and they, and they appeared to those who knew them and remembered them. And I think then that Roman centurion, he was stirred in knowing what happened, happened so to many others, and I can't keep silent anymore. I have to talk about this. I have to share this. My house will come to know about this. I can never go back to my job and being the same person. I will never look at death again in the same way. How wonderful is our God. Imagine this, the last person on earth who got saved before our Lord Jesus died was a criminal on the cross. The first person who got saved after our Lord Jesus died was a Gentile, was a Roman. Our God made it available to the whole world that I've come for you. My son have come for you. What are we going to do? Are we going to respond? Are you going to have a moment? Are you going to remember that moment? Are you going to tell the world about that moment? Because they must hear your story, your moment is there to encourage others of what God has done for you. How wonderful it is to know that there's still place at the cross, that God would go to such depths and lengths that a person who had no idea who God was, at the end of his day, his life would be changed forever, and he would go and testify to others about this. Of this you can be sure. He was changed and he was touched because of this. Precious child of God, when those saints went into Jerusalem, another prophecy was fulfilled because a few days before that, didn't our Lord Jesus say, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, the city who kills the prophets and who stones the, the messengers, those who are sent to you. And here are the messengers that rose from the dead and they went into Jerusalem and they proved to all those people who Jesus Christ was. Jerusalem was forever changed and never could Jerusalem say from then on, we don't know who the Messiah was. They rejected Jesus up until that point in time, but now there were a plenty witnesses testifying to that. And this Roman centurion was one of them because forever his life had been changed. Your life has been changed because of what Christ had done for you. What about your moment that you've had are you going to take into the tomorrows? Because the world out there is waiting for that and God is depending on you for that. Now I want to ask that you all bow your heads please and close your eyes because I cannot close tonight's sermon unless I do this. And even if it is for one person, for one soul only, look what God had done for one Roman centurion. And tonight there are people here that really have to answer this question, only this one question. Do I have absolute certainty that I am going to heaven? Do I know that my answer is yes? Do I know that I have been saved? 
And there is absolutely no doubt in me. If you have never made this confession that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, then I want to ask you tonight, please be bold and please raise your hand for me because I don't want you to leave. God doesn't want you to leave if that is a confession that you have not made. Thank you. Thank you. There's one there. Thank you very much. I will also want to say this. How fearful it may seem to you if you have been on the path of laziness and backsliding and you have compromised and you have any uncertainty in you, in fact, things are not going well with you and you are not at a good place. There's lukewarmness in you. If that is you, then I would want to pray for you as well. Can I ask that you please raise your hand for me if that is you as well? I have one there, thank you, there's another there. Please may I ask this, and another there. Please may I ask this, all you who raised your hands, you are so important. I want to say this to you. If you are fearful and you are scared to come to the front and you've got a friend with you, walk with a friend. I don't care. It is more important for me that you come here because God cares for you. Can you please stand up for me and please come to the front for me? This is how important it is for me. Please, wherever you are, please, those who raise their hands, please don't hold back. Please come to the front. Yes, please. There's one at the, at the back. Yes, please come. There's one there. Please, those who, someone raise their hands here. Please don't hesitate. You are too important not to make this count because this is your night where things change. Yes, please come to the front. Can I ask that ushers and cell leaders come to the front? Yes, let's give them a praise offering. Amen. This is your night. This is your night. You must know this is your night. And I want to say to you, if each and every single one of you, look at me when I want to say this to you. God says you are so precious. And tonight, He knew that you're going to be here. Tonight is not a coincidence that you are here. This lady here, please look at me. Christ has washed away all that shame. There's no reason for you to feel like that anymore. The burdens that you are carrying is not yours anymore. Can you trust Christ to give it to Him? Because that is what He's inviting you to do tonight. That is how easy it is. And if you think you're not worthy, any one of you, then God says, it is not about worthiness. God says you are worth it. Because my son paid the price for everything. There's nothing in your life that is too big for God to remove. That is the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. I want to ask that you all raise your hands toward them and you please raise your hands to God. And I want to ask that you repeat after me because I'm going to lead you in this prayer and just repeat after me. Lord Jesus Christ, I come before your throne and I confess my sins. I ask you to forgive me my sins. Wash me in the blood of Jesus Christ. I confess Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. And I believe that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. And therefore I am saved. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's give them a praise offering for what God has done in their lives. Amen. Amen.
You know, right behind you stands a brother and a sister who rejoices for that which you have done. They want to go with you and pray a simple prayer. Can I ask that you just turn to your left hand side as they want to speak with you, pray for you. Just follow this tall, dark and handsome pastor there and he will lead you to the side. Thank you very much. Let's just give God a praise offering again for what he's done. People's lives are changed tonight. If it was anything, it was for this. There on the cross, a Roman centurion had no idea who God was. And at three o'clock that afternoon, everything changed for him. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.